Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 281, Mental Fitness for the New Year, an interview with Olivia Bowser coming to you on Thursday, December 30th, 2021. Happy New Year, my friends. If you're not watching on YouTube, I've got my party hat on. I think it might be a little too cold to be wearing outside in Sweden while I'm watching fireworks, but maybe someone will dare me and I'll wear it anyway. It is kind of a fun party hat though, so (laughs) I just might do it. My husband might not stand next to me. He might think I'm too embarrassing, but we'll see. (laughs) I hope you are doing something fun. And also, have you made any resolutions or a list of goals and things that you'd like to accomplish in 2022? Hopefully, you have some ideas on things that will help you to become healthier and happier. I've decided to take the advice of Susan May Warren, who was here a couple of weeks ago in episode 276, and I have been planning out 2022 based on my values. So there are a lot of things in life that I think are the most important things to me, and I still let them slip by the side. Um, They fall down my list, my to-do list, my priorities list. So even though they're the most important things to me, they just don't always get done. I like Susie May's idea of making sure that you're making at least a little bit of time for all of the things that are super important to you. And so for me, that's going to be physical health, mental health, and more writing. Yay! The crowd goes wild. (laughs) See, I can practice what I preach too. (laughs) I have to say, I already feel calmer and more excited about the new year, and that is already just a huge plus in my book. So I hope that you are finding some things that are going to help you get excited and be excited and stay excited about the new year. Uh, One of the things, keep in mind, that I've been talking about a couple of times this month is that I've decided to put the podcast on a semi-hiatus for now. So today will be the last episode of this year. It's going to be the last episode of the year anyway. It is December 30th. Um, But uh, then I'm kind of uh, testing the water, seeing some ideas, what might work. We're definitely still going to have the 12 Encouraging Words episodes every month. And I have some ideas on some kind of one-off, really interesting teaching episodes. I have some guests that are really good teachers and things that would be very valuable for you, for both of us. Um, So it's all going to be a little kind of up in the air as far as timing. All I can tell you is that I won't be creating five new shows a month anymore. Um, and then we'll see. But you can count on the monthly Encouraging Words episode because it's one of my favorite, favorite things. Speaking of making changes to improve your mental health, today's guest has got a lot of great things to say about that. Be sure after you're done listening to the episode to go check out the website Liberate because they have things that you can do in person and online from anywhere in the world. And I think that that is going to be of great value to us as we work through, you know, some more months of undetermined amount of time uh, when we will sometimes not be able to travel or do very much. And, um, you know, the world is still pretty stressful right now. So I think that Liberate is going to offer you some ideas of things that can help you to feel a lot better, feel mentally better, and just able to cope and also to more ways to find your joy and to hang on to your joy. So 
Have a wonderful New Year's Eve weekend. We'll see each other again in the new year. Yay. Happy writing. And now here's Liv. Today's guest is Olivia Bowser. Liv is the CEO and founder of Liberate, the first mental fitness studio, a certified meditation and mindfulness teacher, and a RYS 200 yoga teacher. She ties together her deep knowledge of mind-body connection with open energy and a positive attitude to offer meaningful mindfulness classes at Liberate. Liv has led classes for Shape and Health magazines and been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, The Cut, Real Simple, and many more as a leader in mental fitness. Welcome, Liv. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. I have to say, this is the first time I I read about somebody in a Washington Post article, (laughs) went, that sounds awesome. I really want them on my website. And then they replied saying, or on my podcast. And then they replied saying, I'd love to be on your podcast. So thank you. <laughs> of course. That honestly, nothing makes me happier or a few things make me happier, I suppose. than those organic moments and people coming across me and liberate and feeling connected. So I'm grateful to be here. Yay. Well, listen, the reason why I wanted you to talk to my audience of writers is because, um, In addition to the pandemic, this long period that we've had of our lives being turned upside down, our social life being completely obliterated in many ways, and then turning completely digital for many people, um, even without that, uh, mental health is um, important and something that people, it seems to me, have only really started being comfortable talking about in the last few years, maybe five to 10 at the most. Because I remember when I lived in the States and, you know, worked at corporations, the only times the words mental health were ever spoken was in some sort of really negative context. So it's very exciting to hear about somebody who is um, coming at it from this place of you're, you're already healthy. Let's keep you healthy or let's help you to have more health. So um, let me just start by saying why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself and explain what happened that last year, how you created Liberate, what it is. Yeah. So I am the founder and CEO of Liberate, and I struggled a lot with my mental well-being for years. It was something I recognized a decline in when I was in college, and I really leaned into physical fitness to feel better. And I always kind of assumed that if I could, you know, run a 5K and if I ate vegetables and fruit daily, that meant I was healthy. Yet I kept feeling worse and worse. I was feeling stressed and anxious and lonely and no amount of runs or, you know, fruit was helping me feel better and manage my anxiety. And so I started to think about, you know, what I could do to support my mind. And these symptoms only got worse after school. I moved to LA. I was in a new city. I was employee number one at a startup. I was continuing to feel overwhelmed by life itself And so as a last resort, I started going to yoga classes at night to get a little bit more comfortable with my body, my mind, my breath, working as one meditation, total stillness was a little bit overwhelming to me still. So yoga felt like a good balance. And then as I got more comfortable, I started to explore meditation using a meditation app. I was Googling journaling prompts and started writing daily to, you know, reap the benefits of that practice. And throughout all of that, I definitely started to feel better, 
but I still felt really lonely with my experience. Just like you said, I mean, this was six years ago and mental health wasn't really talked about. It wasn't open to talk about in the workplace. My friends, even though they were all struggling, we were all struggling kind of in secret because nobody knew how to talk about it or what to say. And so I felt really isolated on my journey where I could walk into a spin class and 40 people high five me. And I feel so empowered to work on my physical fitness. I want to like Instagram it and tell everybody that I went to a soul cycle class. And yet with mental well-being. It was something I was doing in private. I wasn't talking about it. I almost felt ashamed and I really wanted to challenge that narrative. And I started to explore what it would look like and feel like to create an environment that's as empowering and energizing and interactive as the physical fitness studios that exist in the world, but focus it on mental well-being instead. Because don't get me wrong, physical fitness absolutely helps with mental well-being. You get endorphins, you're feeling good but it's not the focus of those classes. It's a byproduct. It's a cherry on top. So I wanted to create a space where it's the focus, it's the purpose and physical fitness can be the bonus. You know, we do a little bit of movement in our classes. So that's an opportunity for a cherry on top with physical fitness. So I started doing a lot of research. I worked with a mental performance coach to create the liberate method. And we blend intention setting with mindful movement, journaling, conversation and meditation to create a dynamic and energizing workout for your mind. Wow. I have to say that that was one of the things that I was thinking that, um, I, you know, started, I wanted to do something crazy before I turned 40 and, uh, but that did not require jumping out of an airplane. So I thought I'm going to run a half marathon. Cause that's nuts. I can't even run down the block because <laughs> I've been a writer for as long as I can remember. And, um, you sit in front of a computer or at most you walk out to, you know, a nice shady tree with a notebook and pen. Um, so yeah, there was really no physical <laughs> fitness in my life. And then I started running and I found out I really, really liked it. And I'm like, this is great. And then the endorphins, I'm like, this is great. But, um, you know, things turned upside down in my life. Um, over the period of several years, things got progressively worse instead of better. And I got to a point in 2018 where I literally thought I was losing my mind. There's some mental health, um, uh, health, uh, problems, issues, uh, in my family history. And I, was wondering what was wrong with me. And I couldn't find, figure out like who I would even ask because this is not the sort of thing you talked about. And I had just moved to a foreign country and it was the first time I'd lived, uh, lived in a few different countries, but the first time I'd lived in one where the language is not English. So I didn't even know what to Google. And so I was trying to do the exercise as a way to try to self-heal my mind. And I was like, yeah, this is not actually helping as much as I felt like all those magazine articles <laughs> made it seem. So um, one of the things that I've been talking about in the podcast is because uh, so many writers are essentially small business people. They are, in fact, entrepreneurs in one way or another, regardless of whether or not they're traditionally published with a big house or if they're self-publishing. And suddenly you find that you have to learn more things and do more things. And depending on, you know, you're an entrepreneur, depending on where you're at in the um, money cycle, you may have to do all of these things yourself because you don't have 
have money yet to hire other people. So one of the things I've been really focused on with the podcast is wanting to try to help people not ever get to that place where I was because I didn't understand that I was even heading in that direction. And when I read this Washington Post article about you and Liberate, I thought, you know, this is probably the sort of thing that would really be beneficial to people who mostly work by themselves, that the work that we do is private, it's all in our heads, but then when we're doing the administrative work uh, that goes along with it, a lot of times it's still just us in our home office. So tell us a little bit about what mental fitness is to you, what you've created at Liberate. Like, I know that you have kind of four pillars, right? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, did you run the half marathon? So it turns out I actually really love running and I just ran my seventh half marathon last month. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Congrats. Thank you very much. Inspiration. I personally don't run that far. So you're maybe I'll start now that you've inspired me, but liberate is like you said, we have a few different modalities, as I mentioned within our method, we start with intention setting, which is a way to ground yourself in the moment and get rid of something that's weighing on you, call in something you want a little bit more of. This is a practice you can do annually, weekly, monthly, daily, hourly. It's just a great kind of reset to check in with yourself. So we start every class like that to really lay the foundation. And then we introduce mindful movement, which because we work with a lot of companies, it's often seated stretching that you can do at your desk. If it's a community class, it could be more all out yoga for 10 minutes or so. And the beauty of this movement is, like you said, as a writer, maybe you never really were into physical fitness before. It wasn't your thing. And we work with a lot of human beings who are that way, who maybe have had a difficult time with their body and they don't consider their body their friend, or they just never got into physical fitness. And we can be an entry point into exploring more movement because it's really gentle. It's intuitive. You're connecting with your body. So it's a way to ease into that space as well. And then we journal. It's the most special part of our method. It's what really sets Liberate apart. We're the only fitness studio that uses journaling as an exercise because of course, as writers, you know, the power of putting pen to paper, but there's a lot of proven benefits from a mindfulness perspective of boosting patience, productivity, memory, creativity, and also allowing your worries to leave you through pen and paper just by writing down some of our worries. Even if we don't necessarily work through them, we're taking some of that weight off just by putting them down on paper. So we take space for that. And then we also hold space for conversation as a way for human beings in class to connect with each other and share anything they're comfortable sharing. It's always an opportunity to connect. It's never an obligation, but that was really what was missing for me and my journey was being like, oh, Sasha's anxious too. Cool. Kitty is also feeling stressed out today. And it makes you feel less alone with what you're going through. And then we ground the entire practice with a meditation to let all the goodness that we've just done sink into our being. And we work with a lot of people who are not down for meditation. Meditation is not their thing, intimidated by it, hate it, whatever it may be because it's intimidating to go into a 30 minute class and sit in stillness the entire time without feeling like you've been kind of warmed up for it. So with our method, we start with movement, we slow down with journaling, we open up with conversation so that by the time you get to the meditation at the end, it's a little like Shavasana at the end of yoga. And you can just sit there and let all of the goodness sink into you. And it's often people's most favored part of class because 
we really tee you up for success in that. So it's dynamic, it's fun, it's interactive, and you always leave. Our goal is that you always leave with a breath of fresh air. Wow. I have to say, I'm one of those people who um, I used to think meditation was weird. Only weird people did it. And then I was like, okay, I'm determined to at least try it. And I tried it and I was like, this is so uncomfortable. I'm pretty sure it's not supposed to make me feel this way. Um, But I think that you're right. Like I walk into a room and it seems like lots of people know what they're doing. And I have no idea if anybody else doesn't, but everybody's trying to pretend like they, of course, know what they're doing too. And I'm just like, immediately close your eyes and do these things. I'm like, I don't really feel like closing my eyes right now. But the way that you describe it, I'm like, oh, by the time I got so calm already through all those other things. And like, it seems like I would naturally kind of flow into a state of just being like, Okay. Yeah. You can, you can help me to remember like keys to like, you can feel this way again tomorrow by remembering the breathing that you're doing or whatever it is that like, obviously you can tell, I don't know a ton about meditation still. I'm still working on it, still trying to learn to like it, but I think I would really like this. Yeah. And we also, something else that kind of separates our meditation from other options is we start all of our meditations with a story. So it's often a visualization. It's an opportunity for you with your eyes open or closed based on your preference to really understand the theme. We want it to be so obvious what the key takeaway is from the class, like what you're learning, what muscle you're exercising, how you're supposed to feel after and how we hope you do feel after. And so instead of just you know, closing your eyes and saying, inhale, exhale, picture a bright light, you're done. Or like, you know, some of those meditations that are just kind of vague guidance. We have a story that you're able to really include yourself in. And then we go into some guidance so that you know exactly, you know, what you're focusing on, how you're feeling. And we make sure that it can be as impactful as possible because my whole thing is, I know meditation is not for everyone. I know mindfulness isn't for everyone, but there are so many benefits. So how can we take a category that's perceived as woo-woo and only you know 2% of the population is into, how can we take this and make it more accessible and approachable so that the other 98% of the population who doesn't think that they're into it can enjoy it? And that's what our method does really well. Now, I don't want to um, go in directions where you're like, I wasn't really expecting this question, but um, I have a tendency to pretty much just be conversational in my interview style. So hopefully this is okay for me to ask for kind of me. I know a little bit and other people who also are like, yeah, I don't actually know. What are some of these benefits? I mean, people tout the benefits of mindfulness and meditation, but I'm like, but what are the benefits? I don't understand what it is I'm supposed to be getting from it. Totally. I mean, I can give you a laundry list of all of the benefits. I think a few of the most powerful ones are for me, I used to have such horrible panic attacks. I would have a panic attack every time I drank a full cup of coffee because your heart starts to pound a little bit faster from the caffeine. You get a little hot, maybe if you're anything like me. And then because I had a lot of anxiety naturally that I hadn't managed, I took this sign as I'm anxious and then I would get anxious about being anxious. And so then I would be like, oh my God, okay, I'm anxious. Oh no, I'm anxious. Oh no, I'm going to have a panic attack because I'd had them before and literally spiral into a panic attack that I would have to 
chug water, have vitamin C, do you have a shower? Like I knew what you're supposed to do when you're panicking, but I couldn't get myself to separate from those reactions. And what meditation and mindfulness do is they help us create space in between the stimulus and the response. So we've all had those moments where someone says something you don't like, and you immediately fire back and you say something nasty, or I drink coffee. I have a thought that I might be panicking and then I'm immediately panicking and meditation and mindfulness allow us to challenge some of those patterns a little bit more and then eventually form new ones. So I still get anxious for sure. But when I feel anxious, I can challenge it and say, okay, you're feeling a little anxious. Let's make this anxiety our friend. And I can create, I can choose my response versus before I didn't feel like I could because I wasn't, I didn't have any space in between what was causing me to react and my reaction. So by getting more comfortable with stillness, by getting more comfortable in your body and mind, that space naturally grows and it really comes into play in tough moments. So you might not feel it for those 10 minutes you're on the cushion or meditating in bed, but you'll recognize a difference in your behavior when something happens. And then on that note, it also helps you be more present. So it's a detachment from your thoughts, which is a huge benefit for me too. Instead of having a thought, maybe it's an anxious thought or unproductive thought about ruminations over the past or worries over the future. And I could go down a rabbit hole of oh, that conversation I had with my friend a month ago. And like, I don't think that she really liked the way it ended. And I don't know if we're going to be friends in 10 years now and spiraling in that way. Or I could just say, oh, I had that conversation with a friend. It didn't go well. Okay. Let's be back in the present. Let's listen to the music. Let's type on the computer. And you're able to have more, I hate to use the word control, but you have more control over your thoughts because you recognize that you're in the driver's seat and maybe they're in the passenger seat. They're in the back, they're hanging out. But before meditation and mindfulness, whenever I had a thought or an anxious thought, I wasn't in the driver's seat. It was like that thought kicked me out, put me in the trunk and they were driving the car and I was totally helpless. And so that's the difference that it's made in my life. Wow. Okay. So now you got me thinking, um, I'm a natural storyteller. I tend to, you know, notice things around me because, uh, I guess it's part of how I come up with ideas about things that I'm going to do in a story. And I'm, I'm wondering is part of what you're talking about, um, noticing and then like making up a healthier story is, is that part of it? It can be part of that. It is like you get to choose the narrative a lot of the time. So another example is having negative self-talk, looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, oh my God, my nose is huge. I hate my thighs, whatever. So that's a story that you're telling yourself though. And we have the option to tell ourselves a different story. We don't have to lie to ourselves and say that our nose is small if it's not, but we can notice other things and change the story to be more positive. So my hair is so shiny. I love my hands, my slender fingers. Like, And you can choose to craft the story in that way. The other thing I'll say to that is, so that's an option of changing the story, which comes into like our pride, self-love, confidence muscle. But with presence... The goal is that like, there is no story. It just is. There's no good. There's no bad. 
this moment is what it is. And that is enough. And we use the word joy a lot because there's no inverse to joy versus there's happiness and unhappiness. Joy just is whatever is happening in the moment minus your opinion of it. (laughs) So when we're focusing on being present, that's what it's all about. There's definitely storytelling that comes with like resilience, you know, reframing a challenge to be something positive or changing that narrative within pride too. Um, so yeah, you can get pretty creative with your stories. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that was actually one of the things I was going to ask you about. It seems to me, okay, let me, um, back step for one second. So mental fitness, um, sounds really cool. Uh, even though like when I was reading this article about your place, I was like, I, I think I understand. I'm not 100% sure. Like one of the things I was going to ask you was, um, and I don't know if the writer of the article said this, or if you said this, but they, somewhere in the article was like, it's like going to the gym for your mind or heart or emotions, or is it, is that what mental fitness kind of is? I, yeah. So that's, (laughs) that's an easy comparison for analogy sake. I like to say, you know, the options when I was trying to work on my mental well-being were meditation app in isolation or therapy in isolation effectively. And neither option was really giving me what I needed. I think therapy is a wonderful resource that everyone should do. However, a lot of us don't feel called to go to therapy unless something is wrong. We reach a breaking point. We've been injured emotionally. We need extra support. So you can compare that to physical therapy. We go to physical therapy with an injury, something hurts. We need help moving through pain. That's not the only reason to go, but that's what usually prompts people to go. And so then you can ask yourself, well, I don't go to the gym when something's hurt. I go to the gym when I'm just proactively taking care of my well-being. I want to run because I want to feel good and I want my heart health to be in a good spot and I want to feel healthy, strong, and capable. But then if you ask yourself what you're doing, that's equivalent to that for your mental well-being for the answer for, for most of us, the answer is nothing. Yeah. So maybe you read, which is great. Or like you go for walks, which is wonderful too. But I mean, I used to spend an hour a day working out physically and zero minutes working out mentally. So my goal is to create a more balanced world where we're investing in both our mental and physical well-being and health is seen as more multidimensional. So mental fitness is the proactive practice of working out our mind through mindfulness in the case of liberate. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so the way that you're doing, um, and, and this is a question. So the way that you're doing classes is a little bit like the spin class or the, like, I would, um, just go and do the different machines, but then there was a couple other people that I would always say hi to, cause we were always there at the same time. And so it did have this social happy aspect to it as well. It sounds like you also have that aspect in liberate. Yes. Yeah. So we work a lot with companies. That's the majority of our business. While we do have an on-demand library and community classes that any individual can join, we work a lot with teams in remote and disconnected environments so that they can create human relationships within the team instead of feeling more like robots behind Slack or whatever messaging platform that they're using. Because we're all extra disconnected after and and toward the end of COVID-19, whether you're in an office or just an individual, we're looking for more meaningful human interactions. And that is what Liberate is intended to create. 
Nice. Oh, I like that a lot. Okay. So um, again, as a writer, I'm always looking for ways that I can be more creative, uh, feel good because that makes me feel more creative. Um, What sorts of things are you finding that people who have taken the classes or um, done the, the more corporate team classes, what are some of the things that they're saying that they're getting out of it that helps them at work? A lot of it is about recognizing your own power and recognizing that you are in fact in control of how you feel and, and, you know, building a toolkit that can help you throughout more difficult moments. We have one community member who was in a job they weren't really thrilled with. Not that our thing is like getting people to quit their jobs, but one community member was not thrilled with what they were doing. And they had this calling that they thought that they wanted to go to law school and didn't really feel like they had it in them. It made them very nervous to take that leap. And, you know, rightfully so through taking, they took a course with us. They've taken multiple, you know, classes and programs with Liberate. She found the courage to apply to law school, got in, and now she's there. And I'm not going to take full credit for it, but she does say, you know, we have testimonials and she says, these classes gave me the courage to go to law school and like do what I want with my life and be willing to take risks. We have one of our key mental muscles we work on is courage. And one of our exercises is to write down, you know, three fears that you have, and they can be as big as small as you're comfortable with. And then ask yourself, okay, if this fear comes true, what do I do? So worst case scenario, these fears come true. Let's add extensions to them and say, okay, you know, if I couldn't make enough money to pay rent, what would I do? I would stop shopping. (laughs) I would (laughs) ask my landlord for an extension on my lease. I would pick up side jobs. I would sell some of my clothes. And you can add these extensions that help you realize that even if the worst case scenario does happen, which unfortunately sometimes it does, you will make it through. And there are things that you can do to minimize the heaviness of this fear. And so for Sally doing an exercise like that, and we have hundreds of them can help someone realize, okay, this is worth the risk. And, you know, this is a dream of mine and I'm not going to let fear get in the way. So that's one way where it can help you kind of connect with what is meaningful to you. And then we also have on our on-demand library, we have PDF journaling courses. So we have a journaling course that's all about getting present at work and helping bring more joy into your work, bring more, you know, or bring a lack of clutter into your work, help you declutter your mind and your space and just different tools that, you know, you can spend five or 10 minutes exploring and then bring them with you into your workspace into the rest of your day. You know, some exercises will resonate more deeply with you than they will with me. And so you can kind of pick and choose what you want to incorporate into your daily life, but they're really designed to be tools that translate into everything that you do. So it's not like, the work is only when you're journaling that exercise. That's just the beginning. You get to take it with you and keep exercising that muscle. So we're talking about um, not just, I, I guess I was thinking of mental fit, fitness in a, in a very broad sense, you know, sort of the umbrella over my whole life. But um, these are practices, it sounds like, that I could go to a specific um, 
challenging area of my life. Maybe it's work, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's family, maybe it's money and, and work through some problems that have been bothering me that I feel like they're, like you said, that they're in control and I'm not in control. I, I could use this with any part of my life. Yeah. And that's, what's so cool. So our five mental muscles are presence, courage, gratitude, pride, and resilience. That's what we focus on and liberate. And you can choose, you know, if you're struggling with something in life, take our get resilient course and learn through five different classes, resilience tools. Cause that's what you feel like you need. We have a confidence course for the same reason or gratitude course. If you're feeling like a negative Nancy lately. And so you can choose your own adventure in that way. And what's really unique is like you said, maybe you're having a thing with money. And so you do the resilience course and that helps create a more positive relationship with money or work through some challenges. And then six months later, you know, you're having a tough time with a relationship. Then you can revisit that course. And even though the prompts might be the same, the outcome is entirely different because your mind is in a different spot. I lead the same curriculum multiple times a week and my columns and my responses look different every time because we encourage you to, you know, really be present and intentional with what you're writing down. It should be relevant to you in the now and every moment is new and different. So it's really cool to see how you can approach the same exercise in different ways based on how you're feeling that day and what's going on in your life. Wow. Okay. This sounds super cool. Now I kind of really want to get involved. And the exciting thing is, is that to me, the exciting thing is that you created Liberate in such a way that people can uh, come to your studio in real life and have classes, or they can take classes online. Is that right? So in LA, which is where I'm based, we do physical pop-ups at different hotels, at different parks. And that is really what our physical presence is to date. Majority of our community is all virtual. So you're right. You can join from anywhere. We work with a corporate team in Dublin. We work with teams on the East coast and all over. And that's a really, actually, we just worked with a team in Hong Kong, which the time difference was, you know, something to uh, hop over. But other than that, it was really wonderful. And so you can join from anywhere, whether it's a live class, if it fits with your schedule or the on-demand or bringing Liberate to your community at work, there's always an opportunity for you to get involved no matter where you are, because that is What is most important to me is nobody feels the way I did. And everyone knows that there is a resource out there to support their journey and their mental well-being journey. And you don't have to do this alone. There's an entire community to support you. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, um, the uh, portion that like the online classes, that's what I would take because I'm living in Sweden and um, Pacific time. I don't know if it was an early class, but still it, I, I wouldn't be able to go there live. So um, how does the community, um, the community aspect work if I'm taking a pre-recorded class online? So we have a community network, kind of like a forum where you can join and we're posting different journaling prompts. People engage with each other that way. And then even within the on-demand classes, we're having a conversation. You're chatting with me or any other leader that is leading an on-demand class. And we're sharing what's on our list. We're doing the exercises with you no matter what. So you have a chance to reflect and take note of your list, kind of have a conversation with yourself, or if you're doing it with your partner or your husband, you guys can have chance for conversation within the class. And then you're also, you know, hearing from me and hearing what I'm working on and what my intention is so that you don't feel alone in whatever you're writing down. Right. I 
love that. Okay. This is really, really, really interesting. <laughs> I'm kind of a neuroscience geek. I love everything. It has to do with the brain. Um, at one point I wrote something in one of my bios for, um, I have different bios for depending on whether or not I'm talking about being a fiction writer or a book coach or whatever. And at one point I, I wrote in my bio, um, I absolutely love brains, but I'm not a zombie because <laughs> I thought it was really funny at the time. And I'm like, I don't have any idea if anybody else is laughing, but I do love brains. Brains are so amazing. And it sounds like, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, science that, that you're using, in addition to like all these other pieces. So I'm very excited about it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, the beautiful thing about mindfulness is there are so many science based studies on the power of these modalities on your well-being that we don't have to create those studies ourselves. And we can take these proven practices and put them in a more accessible and approachable format for people to enjoy more fully. So we've been able, cause you know, I don't have a medical background, so we're able to use these proven practices and really create something that's meaningful for everyone. Yeah. All right. Now it looks like on your website, people can join and take these classes for just $19 a month, us dollars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We also offer a free seven day trial. So if anyone's like, "Mm, I'm not really sure if I'm going to be into this, you can try it risk-free seven day trial. And we also have, you know, free meditations every week on our Instagram account. If you want to dip your toe into mindfulness or pick up some free tips and tricks on how to practice exercising your well being, they're all there for you too. That's perfect. I was just thinking, you know, there's going to be some people who are like, well, this sounds interesting, but I, but I do want to go slower. What can I do at home? Now I was talking to you that I thought this would be a fantastic topic for the end of year. So when people are listening to this, it's December 30th, 2021 or later, because I think this is a great thing for us to, um, put into our, um, the, the things that I am going to improve in my life this next year. Um, so do you have any thoughts? Like, do you talk to people about, um, your business is so new. So, so I'm not thinking necessarily, you know, new year's resolutions for mental fitness, but, but are there, um, you know, any kind of last bits of advice that you would offer to people who are thinking, I, I kind of want to get started. I'm going to start this new year and make some new plans maybe following on Instagram and trying some of the things in a non-confrontational or, you know, safe space in, in your own, um, you know, in your own home or whatever would make people feel like, yeah, this is a easier, slower start for me. I don't know. What do you think? I would say to, of course, have an open mind. That's, you know, that's what we say. All you need for class is an open mind. We take care of the rest. So you have an open mind, you're automatically setting yourself up for success in one form or another. And then the second is know that there's no one right way to do anything. If meditation for 10 minutes in silence doesn't feel good for you, don't do it right now. doesn't mean you're never going to do it, but the goal is to create a practice that you can enjoy because then you're more likely to create a habit out of it. You want to do it when you wake up in the morning. It does feel good afterward. You don't feel discouraged. And so then you're going to keep doing it like me and yoga in the beginning. And then as your confidence builds with that, 
you decide to try meditation, you decide to use journaling prompts. So find what works for you. And that's why I really recommend trying out our on-demand library, even with the free trial, because you can explore the different modalities. You can explore the liberate method in full. You can explore journaling prompts and say, okay, like this, I didn't like this. I'm into this. And then do more of that because that's, what's going to really allow you to kickstart this journey. And if you want to, you know, just follow for free tips on Instagram, you can do that too, but open mind, try new things, find what works for you and do more of that. That's my best advice. I love it. And I think that this is a great way to, to start a new year. I think that um, there's never a bad day for I'm going to be healthier in some way today. I don't think it ha- ever has to be January 1st. <laughs> I agree. But, <laughs> but I sure love this idea. I'm My mind is still uh, kind of going through what you were saying, you know, get out of bed this in the morning, do some stretches and then do some journaling and then, you know, whatever the class is telling me to do um, and then end up with the, the meditation and starting my day feeling like, okay, I feel like I have a feeling I would feel like I have a lot more energy and clarity to start a day. I can definitely tell the days that I don't sit on my cushion and the days that I do. I'm at 3 PM. I'm like kind of crotchety. Yeah. What's going on? And then I realized I didn't, I didn't take time to sit in the morning. So it definitely makes a difference for me. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing all this information. People have got to be asking, where can I find you and, and liberate and anything else that I need to know? Liberatestudio.com, all things liberate our membership for you to check out or bring liberate to your team. And then we're at liberate studio on Instagram. Fantastic. Liv, thank you so much. I know you've had a busy day. There's been a lot of uh, um, interest in the press about what you're doing. So obviously there's a lot of excitement. I'm very glad that you thought of something that people need and then you had the courage to go out and do it and bring it to us. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing what you're doing for us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's my privilege.